I'm Kyla Northcutt. Welcome to the Kids Learn Career Show. Each week, I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are out in the world. My guest today is Tri Cartwright, a, sh- a screenwriting teacher. Tri, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. And it's actually pronounced Trey. Trey. Okay, good to know. First off, can you tell me what a screenwriting teacher is and what it's like to be one? A screenwriting teacher is someone who works with writers who specialize in creating stories for like feature films or short films, TV, web series. And what was the second part of the question? And what's it like? Yeah. What what is it like to be a screenwriting teacher? It's the best because you get to work with creative people all the time, um, all day, all day. It's just doing stories and hanging out with writers. Yeah, it sounds really cool. So what kinds of things do you actually do day to day at work? Day to day, it's pretty much wall to wall thinking about other people's stories. Uh, So sometimes it's helping brainstorm so they could figure out what to write next. Um, Sometimes it's the more boring stuff like editing, you know, going through sentences and making sure that they make sense. Um, Screenwriting has a really unique format. So making sure that their format looks correct, that sort of stuff. Sounds fun. When did like you first? It. Yeah, when did you first know you wanted to do this kind of work? Um, I was a writer as a kid. Uh, when I was your age, I was writing books, and when I went to college, I started uh, screenwriting. I went to a film program, and that was it. I just loved it, uh, and I thought I was going to be somebody who was on movie sets. I was going to be part of the crew. Um, and I don't know, the more I worked in Hollywood, the more I realized what I really loved was working with writers. So I became somebody in an office who worked with, uh, you know, people on the phone, or maybe they came in and we developed screenplays together. That sounds really cool. So did you consider anything else before this career? And like, have you done anything besides this? And can you tell us a bit more about the type of path you took to get here? Um, I never considered doing anything else. I was always a writer. Um, I had no idea how I was going to make a living doing it. I think that's where the teaching part came in. Um, because unfortunately writers tend to have to have day jobs. I just happen to have a day job that links up really nicely with, you know, with what it is that I love to do. Um, and the path just kind of opened itself up. I knew, uh, you know, film, you're going to end up in Los Mm -hmm. Angeles probably at some point, and uh, ended up working at studios. So I did lots of things that weren't about writing, but were mm-hmm. still film related. And all of those things were really helpful when I did end up producing movies because I had learned about them working on other people's movies. That's really cool. And it's really rare to know what you want to do when you're like young. It's very rare. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you like most and least about your job? Uh, what I like most is writers. Um I love hanging out with them. I love thinking about story. Um, probably the the thing that I le- least like about it, um, I can't watch a TV show or a movie casually. I'm always analyzing it and thinking about the choices that were made in the story and whether or not they were the best choices. So, mm. um, well, that's, that's fine. <laughs> there are worse things in this world for sure. Yeah. Now a word from our sponsor. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Kids Learn Careers podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly supporter of the show on patreon.com slash kidslearncareers. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash kidslearncareers. You can join for as little as $3 a month. 
Again, that's patreon.com slash kidslearncareers. Please join if you enjoy the show. Okay, back to the show. Well, what do you think the future of college education is as it relates to your job? And, like, do you ever think on-the-job training might, like, replace traditional degrees? I actually hope that we become a society that allows for more space for different people to find the education and the path that's right for them. Um, film, I always I always said that film, going to film school is like going to refrigeration repair school. Like you're learning, you know, you're learning very specific tasks, like how to light a set, you know, how to, I don't know, wrap cords, um, how to put a camera into a space. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not necessarily something you need to go to college for. Yeah. A lot of my training uh, definitely came on the job, because I don't think that as a creative person, you ever stop learning. So you are always, yeah. you know, you actively doing it is how you get better at it. But I will say this, I mean, I am a college professor. So I mm-hmm. believe in college. And I believe that in having these kinds of programs, if they're good programs, they can accelerate your craft and your skill so that you can get better faster. What level of education do you have? Is that required for your job? Um, I have an MFA. It's a Master of Fine Arts, and it is only required uh, to be a professor at a university. This is one of the ways that they decide whether or not they even want to talk to you. You know, um, mm-hmm. somehow doing those two years in college made me more qualified, which I of course laugh at because I've been making movies since I was seventeen, and I was like, really, I need the degree? Okay, um, mm-hmm. but I had a great time in my graduate program. Um, I'm a big fan of education in general, so it didn't bug me a bit well that's good that you enjoyed getting your education so what's something you wish you had been taught at school but had to learn later on in life um you know probably this is more of a personal skill um i think i had it in my head that the world was a meritocracy that if i worked really hard and i did a good job then naturally opportunities would come to me and you know what? I just don't think that's how the world works. I think you have to speak up for yourself. Yeah. I think you have to tell people what it is that you want to do. I think you have to give them the opportunity to help you. And frankly, in my 20s, when I got started, I was so quiet and so shy that I couldn't figure out how to ask people to let me, you know, have promotions or mm-hmm. to have writing jobs. So I wish uh, that I'd known that I needed to stand up for myself more when I got started. Yeah, standing up for yourself is probably one of the most important things in your life. And it's such a hard thing to do because we don't always have a lot of faith in ourselves or know how to do it without feeling like, oh, I sound like a jerk. (laughs) Yeah. So how much free time do you have? Like, do you work a traditional 40-hour work week more or less? Um, I have never worked a traditional 40-hour, and I think most creative people, um, we don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We just don't. So... Yeah. Um, there were times where I was working 80 hour work weeks, um, as a filmmaker, if you're in the middle of making a movie, those are 16 hour days, uh, maybe even longer. Uh, now granted the idea is at some point you finish the film and then you have a little break, but what often happens with uh, creative people is we then jump to the next project because we just love what we're doing so much. Mm-hmm. So the answer is no, I don't have free time. well at least you enjoy your job I love my job Mm -hmm. so are you ever able to work like remotely 
or like do you have to go to like an office or a place every day and does your job ever require travel? You know, I have the best of all possible worlds. Um, I was able to, during the pandemic, when so many of us uh, had to start doing what we do, you know, including going to school from Mm -hmm. home, um, I was able to transfer all of my job to my laptop. Uh, But, but usually there's you know, there's classrooms. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in a class with people. Um, and I don't have to travel very much. Um, I think I thought I was going to end up traveling a lot as a filmmaker and mm-hmm. it never, never quite happened. Hmm. Not like those people that went up to the ISS to make a movie. Right, right. I mean, that's part of the goal, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh, I'm going to make a I mean, movie that's based in Paris so I can go to Paris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what advice do you have for young people considering what you do for the job? Um, realize that it takes a while to get good. And I think that that is something that happens in every industry, uh, that you have to give yourself the space and the mm-hmm. practical hours of learning your job before you really get the opportunity to do it for a living. I think as a creative person in particular, you just have to face the fact that you're going to have to work some kind of a job in order to pay your bills and then still have the motivation to create space, to be creative, knowing that eventually your craft and your skills will catch up to your ambition and then you will get to do everything you want. Really good advice. Thanks. So this one is borrowed from Tim Ferriss, best-selling author and one of the top podcasters in the world. What is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? One of the best investments I ever made, believe it or not, was um, at the beginning, way back a million years ago, when the computers first happened and the internet first happened, uh, I recognized that having a website was going to be a really important thing. And the technology was just, just getting created. I mean, now you can sneeze and put a website up. You know, it's so easy to Mm do. But back then we had to, you know, we had to code. It was really hard. But um, I don't know. I thought it would be a good investment. So I went to my local community college and I spent $500 and I learned how to design websites and it ended up being easily one of the best investments I ever made for my business. Mm. Yeah, really important nowadays, like especially. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, you guys uh, have the opportunity to learn it in school and thank goodness because, you know, yeah. we are we are digital citizens. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like some kids when they're like six, they get their first phone and like nowadays, yeah, it's crazy. And it's good that you were able to realize that before. Now it's a common thing. Yeah. So is there, yeah. Was there ever a time where you felt like you completely failed at something, but it ended up helping later on in life? (laughs) So I think the irony as a creative person, um, you always feel like you're failing because your ambitions are so big in your head. And Mm. as writers, you know, we can hear it in our head. We can hear how we want the book to sound, or we can hear how we want the, the film scene to be, and we just can't make it match. Um, You know, we, we do a lot of work and sometimes the movie gets made and sometimes nobody cares about it. So I think we live in a perpetual state of feeling like we're failing, but the good news is, is that every day that you show up and do the thing that you love to do, you are getting better at what you do. Mm -hmm. So everything ends up being used later on. Yeah. Yeah. 
So is there a person in your life, like a parent, grandparent, teacher, coach, or mentor that made a huge impact on you? If so, in what way? And would you like to give them a quick shout out? Oh, absolutely. And I give her kudos every chance I can. Uh, in junior high, I had a uh, advanced placement English teacher named Pat Woodward. And um, I was very quiet as a kid. Um, I really was not somebody who could participate in the world. Um, I usually sat at my desk and wrote, quite frankly. And she saw this and she saw that I had stories to tell and I had things that I wanted to say. And she not only encouraged me to write, but she also got me into uh, doing speeches. So like speech and debate, I was the speech part. And we had an amazing time with it. And I learned how to perform in front of people. And I learned that people cared about what I said. If Pat hadn't come along and done that, who knows? Who knows what I would have done with my life? Yeah. I hope she gets to hear that. So <laughs> I knowing... tell her all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently growing up? Oh, that just goes back to having, you know, having the faith in yourself to speak up for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that we... Um, you know, I, th- I just think that's the hardest thing for artists to do is even if you don't have this confidence and you believe in yourself and you know you're great, you still have to pretend like you are. You still have to speak to people as if you um, are going to bring something amazing to the world. And again, to let them have the chance to to help you do that thing that you were born to do. Yeah, speaking up is super important. So what book do you think all kids should read and why? Um, You know, I thought about this one a lot, Kyle. Um, And the answer is this. There is no one particular book. There just isn't because the book that affects me deeply or the movie, you know, or the video game that affects me deeply and teaches me a lot about the world is not going to be the same as the book that really moves you. Uh, So what I would say is do be reading Please, please, please do be reading, you know, and listen to the friends, the friends that you respect, um, you know, that, you know, have good taste in stories and hear what they recommend and and follow what they're doing. And then don't be afraid to give them recommendations as well. You guys can all mm-hmm. learn together that way. Yeah, good advice. If you could make any one rule that everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be? <laughs> learn meditation. <laughs> Um, meditation is this thing that calms us down, um, that helps us feel, um, I don't know, like we have space in the world. Um, it helps us listen to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wish I had gotten to meditating a lot earlier. I think that I would have been, um, less anxious about the world. So yeah, I want everybody to meditate and to feel better about themselves. Good rule. I think knowing what not to do is just as important, if not more so, than knowing what to do. With that in mind, what's the worst advice you've ever received? You know, I couldn't think of any bad advice. Um, I mean, people will tell you things that don't align with you and don't resonate with you, but it's kind of your job to know to say to yourself, does that, does that sound right? Does that sound like something that's right for me? And, you know, to say yes or no to it. I mean, ultimately we drive our own destinies. Uh, So regardless of whether it's good advice or bad advice, uh, the best advice is to listen to yourself. That is good advice.
And also, what is the best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in their work? Lighten up. (laughs) Don't be so serious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Try to have some fun. (laughs) One of my mentors said this to me uh, when I was first learning in Los Angeles. He said, Trey, this isn't this isn't curing cancer. This isn't brain surgery. Try to have some fun. We're making movies. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was really great advice just across the board. Yeah, that is really good advice. Awesome. Thanks, Trey. Now it's time for the lightning round. Are you ready? I'm ready. If you, if you could have dinner with any famous person, past or present, who would it be? Uh, there's a band out there called Oingo Boingo. And the front man is a man named Danny Elfman, who transitioned into doing movie scores. And I just have tremendous respect for him. He never went to college. Uh, He learned everything um, on on the job. He can't write music. And yet he's one of the most brilliant composers of his generation. That's crazy. So what's your favorite sport to watch to play? Um, I don't really follow sports. Mm. I like rollerblading. I like surfing. Are those sports? Yeah, those are sports. All right. So what's your favorite food? Sushi. Cats, dogs, or neither? Um, You know, both, uh, but I tend to be a, a dog person. Yeah, same. What's your dream car? When I was a kid, it was, uh, I think it was an 82 Jaguar, uh, like XS or something like that. And then I found out how much they were uh, always in the shop being repaired. So then it became, hey, I just want a car that runs well, that doesn't cost me a lot of money (laughs) to keep on the road. That is my dream car. (laughs) What's your favorite ice cream flavor? You know, I don't eat a lot of ice cream. I don't know if I have one. (laughs) How sad. Um, yeah, I have to take a pass on that one. Mm. What's the coolest place you've ever been to? Hollywood. What's your dream vacation destination that you haven't been to yet? Oh, Japan. I would love to tour the entire island. Yeah, that would be cool. Who's your favorite musician? Um, Danny Elfman. We were just talking about him <laughs> for dinner. I don't know if yeah. he's my favorite musician, but I have such respect for him. Yeah. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Um, I'm just going to keep going with the Oingo Boingo. It was the first concert <laughs> I ever went to, and it was mind-blowingly fun. I think I was 17 years old, and I just had no idea that music could have this component where we're all there together, dancing together. Um, it was the best, and it was the concert that... Um, made me want to go see lots and lots and lots of more concerts. So therefore it Mm -hmm. was the best concert. Yeah. That's cool. Awesome. Thanks. Try. Thanks again for joining us on the kids learn career show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and tell your friends. See you next time.